Welcome, everybody, to the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life. This is number 179 with Tristan Lane, Florida kid who's been putting in some main events, doing a good job. Really appreciate uh, uh, everything that he's been doing lately. Uh, I just He's a good kid. I want to have him good success. Last year was a shitty year for him, so uh, it's good to have him on the show and talking about um, uh, how he's doing. So, uh KTM 450 guy. Thank you to FXR Racing, of course, designed by racers, used by racers. Chris Kiefer, Mike Brown, the Club MX team, Phil Enzo, among others. Tristan Lane uses FXR as well. FXRRacing.com. Uh, please check them out. They have much more than just Moto Gear, too, by the way. They got snowmobile stuff that yeah, that's what they're world famous for. Moto Gear, casuals, uh, all that stuff. So FXRRacing.com. For more information, Pulp30 is the code to save at FXR. Race Tech as well, Pulp22. Code to save with Race Tech. Get your bike looked after, man. Get some suspension work done. Get some motor work done. Uh, whether it's zombie blows, whether it's the solitary Yamaha guys, uh, a lot of privateers using Race Tech, privateer proven. And uh, give your bike some love. It'll show your love back. Show you love back because, uh, man, uh, just getting your bushings changed and your seals done and your oil changed on your suspension makes such a big deal. So if you haven't done it in a long time, send it to Racetech. There's a Racetech service center in your area as well. Go to Racetech.com. Find out where to send it. Tell them you listen to Pulp. They'll give, they'll save you money. Racetech.com for more information. Also, thank you to the folks at Namira Pistons, Firepower Parts, Maxxis Tires, Roost MX, all on board with us as well, um, and, uh, and you people, of course. So thanks to the privateers for doing this. Uh, we're going to go into Tristan Lane and talk about his 2022 Supercross season, what he's doing for outdoors and more. All right, thanks for listening. Here we go. All right, everybody, as promised on the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life podcast. This man is uh, in the 450-man events now this year uh, for the first time, and we've had him on this uh, show before to talk about uh, uh, his background and coming in from Florida and, and training with the, big, the great Tim Ferry and all of that. So catch that episode if you want to hear a little bit of the backstory of Tristan Lane. But for now, we will catch up and talk to him about this season and more. It's Tristan Lane. What's up, man? How are you? Man, I'm doing well. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. You deserve it. Um, dude, you're in the main events now. Um, that's got to be pretty cool feeling. It is, yeah. It's been a long time coming. Uh, it's pretty funny. I was I was listening to that podcast we did a while back, and I think that time was my like actual first couple races of Supercross back in the lights class, and, and you were hounding me about missing the mains by like one spot. And then it, it felt all too real again this season. But I finally got in there a couple times. So I'm, I'm happy for that. <laughs> and also the first time you may make a 450-man event, it's through the heat in Indianapolis. Oh, God. Just right in through the heat, bro. It, it, it's like if you're going to do it, do it right. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was that like for you? What, what kind of, how was that feeling? It was honestly super surreal. Like, like it's, I'm trying not to get mushy, but seriously, like it meant a lot because mm-hmm. uh, it just felt like a long time coming. Like this season, especially, I didn't really come in with goals of. I mean, you always want to make a main event, of course, but like I was injured last year, and I just, I honestly didn't know if I even could ride a 450 on a Supercross track. I was honestly scared. Just I didn't know how I was going to be, basically. So when I, I kept creeping up there, and I had, I think Daytona this season was really my breakout, where I felt like okay, I'm pretty dang close. And I, I, I started believing more, I guess, every weekend. Mm-hmm. And and then I had a couple of close ones in like Detroit. Like I was like right there and just stupid stuff on my behalf. I, I kind of like made myself, uh, I raced my way out of the main event really was just by being, being an idiot, it seemed like. But I finally got it done in Indy and it was just like, I couldn't believe it. I was so excited. And uh, to do it out of the heat was nice too because 
to see what those guys do every weekend where you, you know, you'd go through qualifying and then you go and through the heat and then you get ready for the main and then you race the main and then you go home and train and do it again. Like yeah. that was good for me to kind of see what, uh, what it is really like if you're you know doing it at that level the right way. So I, I hope to do it more often. <laughs> yeah. That's the goal now. I mean, you know, in this field with your riding and your results, like, yeah, there's gotta be, I mean, you gotta go in every weekend and be like, Hey man, yeah, this, this, I can do this. Right. Yeah, for sure. I, you, I'm tr- I always am super realistic, almost to a fault maybe. And I, I know with the field thinning out a bit, I have to take advantage of that at full cost because I know – I mean, e- truthfully, I think I was on the bubble even when more guys were in there. But mm-hmm. I think now it's like you have that opportunity to try and do it out of the heat race or try and do it – You know, if you're to triple crown, try and qualify better, all that good stuff. But yeah, it's a big – a lot of it is just managing your expectations, understanding that you know if you if you have the chance to get in there – uh, as a privateer, I mean, it's everything for me because it, it looks good on the resume and it's amazing the support I get um, beforehand, but especially after getting into some mains, I have a lot of people reaching out and it and it, it kind of helps me get more support going forward. So I really need to capitalize on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. You were right there in Daytona. Um, yeah, that was a close one too. I remember, I remember thinking about that one. Um, you, uh, yeah, you crashed late, right? Yeah, I did. Actually, yeah. I didn't crash in the LCQ. I got passed by our good buddy Kate Clayson, and, ah, and that's that, it. Yeah. that pissed me off. Yeah, it pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> um, really, really, uh, yeah, bad year last year. We'll get into that a little bit. Um, so now, you know, as I've I've talked to so many privateers uh, on this podcast, and you know, there's a there's a point where you are just happy to make it and you're ecstatic to be in the main, and then it's 20 minutes. Uh, on a bombed out track and then you just happy yeah. to be there and then you get to the point where you're like Cade who's now looking towards top tens and trying to get in there that's where your next step is at some point getting comfy being in the mains and now working towards better results in there right a hundred percent yeah that's exactly kind of the plan that I sort of made for myself is I it's like a monkey on on your back though until you actually get in the main because yeah. yep. like I have a lot of people around me uh Tim Ferry as well as one of them right and like all these people that that tell you like oh you you're you're capable like you know you're good enough you can do it but it, and it my family and friends mm-hmm. but until you physically get out there get a good start you know handle the pressure get in you know get in the mix and make it happen it's all just he said she said just talk and I I was so sick of that and you know I've got a lot of supporters that believe in me but it was like, I mean, honestly, like, I'm not kidding you. It was the biggest relief to just finally do it. Cause I, th- I, I had this, I kept telling my fiance, I was like, I can die happy, you know, if I at least make a 450 main event, you yep, know, and, yep. and now that I've got, now it's like my, my mindset's changing a bit where I obviously want to do it. I want to do it every race. But yep. like you said, the goal is to, to progress at a good rate where you mm-hmm. can eventually be a top 10 guy. And, and I look at Cade and I look at Alex Ray, Cade, Brees, I mean, all these guys, like I'm, I'm a fan of all of theirs and I'm a fan of the sport in general, but I, I watch, I watch them and I try and see what they're doing and it's, it's cool to see them you know, mixing it up. And I think a lot of people, um, you know, they, the first thing they want to shoot for is like, well, the thin, the thin, the field is thinning out and it definitely is, but a lot of these guys are stepping up too. And if you watch closely, like I think a lot of the privateers especially are seeing an opportunity mm-hmm. and they're they're striking while the iron's hot, right? And just going for it extra hard because they yep. know it's the, the time to go for it. So yeah, talking to Troll a lot this year, you know, his first year in four fifties for him. Shit at Anaheim one. Uh no, I'm sorry, Anaheim two. He was telling me he's like, dude, you would not believe these tracks. You just you would not believe how hammered these things are at the end oh, of yeah. these mains. Uh and I guess that was that a big surprise for you? So Indy, yeah, I got in an Indy and, and that track, 
was <laughs> so gnarly. <laughs> like I, I honestly, and I'm a, I'm a East coast guy. Right. So like ruts yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know, sketchiness is kind of what we do, but it was just different in supercross and on, on 450 supercross. It's funny. Cause I always had grown up watching these main events my whole life, right. On TV and they look hammered, yeah. but it's like what everyone says, like TV just does not do it justice. And like the triples, for example, there's a pretty cool picture someone posted of one of the triples at Indy. And it was like, I mean, there was like 20 ruts, you know, six inches to a foot deep, it seemed like. And they were just, I mean, dragging your foot pegs up it. And, and you're doing that every lap. But it's funny how as a racer, you get into like a tunnel, a tunnel vision where you don't, you don't let yourself think about it. You just keep clicking off laps. And, and for me, I think one of my strong suits will be main events one day because I feel like fitness has always been one of my better things. Like I can, even if I'm maybe not, I don't know, just surviving the race or whatever, I feel like has always been one of, like, the longer the race is, yep. I feel like I typically do better. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that will be a strong thing in the future. But it's just, yeah, the main events are tough because now it's like I get in the main and I'm just so relieved to be there. But I have to start having that same nervous feeling of, like, okay, I got to go for the start. I got to try and not be afraid to mix it up for, you know, the opening laps and, and solidify that spot because they start dropping you and then, before if you're not if you're not hitching on the first opening few laps i mean you get dropped and then you start getting lapped super early and then it just becomes chaos <laughs> no absolutely i've walked the tracks after the mains and yeah it's it's insane uh you, what you guys are battling with never mind trying to race and trying to you know change lines and trying to get around guys and if in the case of yourself you get lapped you you know you got to get out of the main line oh dude i, I yeah, yeah. No, it's it's just nuts um Tristan Lane here on the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Live podcast. You're an FXR guy. How's that going? Big FXR guy. Big yeah, FXR I love, guy. I love yeah. everyone at FXR. They're really good people. Brad, Andy, uh, Don. I mean, every, everyone over there. They're cool. I love the gear. Um, they actually helped me out, I want to say, in 2018. So I've been with them for a little bit now. And, yeah, it's really great. It's, it's To be straight up with you, the gear has come such a long way. Yep, like yep. When I first got it, I thought it looked cool, but the material was maybe not the best. And now, I mean, I like everyone, like my dad, for example, uh, he sees some of my gear and he's like, this stuff is like so minimalistic. He's like, yeah. you, you should have seen the crap I rode with. <laughs> yeah, yeah really, so right? it's pretty, it's pretty cool. So there, it's been great. And, uh, I, I definitely am always standing out and it, and I think they do a good job with like their lettering and the logos and all that good stuff. So I'm, I'm happy to be part yeah, of it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks to the folks at FXR. Uh, you can use the code pulp 30 if you want to save at fxrracing.com. Use the code pulp 30 to save race tech as well. Thanks to the folks at firepower, firepower batteries and chains. And now they got oil made by a leading OEM manufacturer. They got featherweight, feather light uh, batteries, uh, lithium batteries. They have uh, chains well as well, made in Japan. A uh, lot of privateers using firepowerparts.com. The SGB guys, um, uh, Chiz, the Gopher Dunes Honda guys up in Canada won titles with Firepower. Club MX using Firepower parts. So you know they're good. Go to your local dealer. Go to motorsport.com and order up some Firepower parts. Good prices as well. You'll be stoked with the prices. So thanks to those guys. Thank you as well to Roost MX, 48-hour turnaround. Uh, they make custom graphics, custom numbers, whatever it is. They can help you out. There's a whole Pulp Nation section on their website. And you can use the code Pulp Nation to save uh, with RoostMX.net. And uh, they help out a lot of uh, um, people, including their official Cobra merch for everybody. So please check out RoostMX if you can and, uh, and FirepowerParts.com. Uh, Tristan Lane on the, uh, on the show. So uh, how was St. Louis for you? Not ideal, huh? Yeah, it's triple crowns always tough. You mm-hmm. know, I, I remember when I first did a triple crown in uh, 2020, I was like, what the heck do you even, how does this even work? I didn't understand the format. And then you get into practice and it's like, all right, top 18, you go. And then the rest, here's an LCQ to slug it out for four spots, right? So 
it's not ideal, but um, to be honest with you, I it would have been fine. I think if I just made a stupid mistake and uh, I wasn't looking ahead over the triple, I went to go make a pass on somebody and to get into like that transfer spot area, and I think I just didn't see a guy cutting down, and I nailed his bike uh, pretty hard. I actually have a video of it on my Instagram for anyone that wants to check it out, but uh, it was yeah, it, it could have been good, you know, but it didn't go well. But the thing is, is like I try not to beat myself up too much because at one point I would have been just so pumped with even that race. But now it's like, yeah, yeah if you're not in the main event, I sort of do feel like it's a letdown because I know, I know that I can definitely do it. So, uh, I just use it as motivation, but mm-hmm. to be honest, uh, that off week I had hurt my foot in a crash in Detroit and I don't know what I did to it, but it was like, I have this super sharp pain on it. So I mm. needed to let it heal. And it, you know, as you know, a lot of the guys have a lot of lingering injuries. So I, I never let it like rest. So I finally gave it a week off and then I only rode one time during the off week. So when I got to uh, St. Louis, I felt super tight, to be honest. And I just didn't feel like I was in that flow of racing every weekend again. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping Atlanta will be better for that. Right. But, uh, yeah, time will tell. We'll see. <laughs> uh, Speedway track this weekend. Uh, I like these things. I, I thought last year's uh, – and you weren't there last year, but uh, I thought it was a little long. Um, I hope they shorten it a little bit. But overall – uh, I really think this is a cool deal. Uh, it's a day race. It's a speedway track. Uh, what's your thoughts on Atlanta, Tristan? Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited for it. I mean, Steve, I, I thought you were a big like anti Daytona guy, though. I am, but be, partly why I'm anti Daytona is because the track sucks. Right? It's so small. It's narrow. <laughs> it's tough to do all that kind of stuff. And I feel like Atlanta opens it up, makes it wide. It's faster. You know, all that kind of stuff. I, I agree. Yeah, it does look good. I saw the layout uh, on the track map. It looks pretty sweet. And I follow one of the Dirtworks guys on Instagram, and he's been posting little clips of it here and there. And it, it looks pretty legit. I, I saw a pretty big jump and some nice whoops, and, and the dirt looks awesome. So I'm excited for it. I think if you're a guy kind of new to Supercross like myself, I think a track like that is probably a lot of fun just because Daytona is always a little bit less stressful for me. Obviously, I loved, I lived, you know, grew up right there, but I think that type of uh, layout, you know, more open. Sometimes the tight stadiums and the supercross obstacles, when it's super like claustrophobic in a stadium, it kind of freaks you out, especially yeah. on a 450. Uh-huh. So I'm hoping that a little bit more open will be good for me, but um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, uh, track walk, 5 30 a.m. Can we do something about that? Is there anything we can do? That about is, that? it's gnarly. Yeah. Like, so the guy, Donald, that helps me, uh, he's like, he doesn't sleep. You know, he's pretty much nocturnal. So <laughs> he's excited for this, and I'm not because yeah. I like to sleep a little bit if I can. Yeah. But uh, it's going to be right up his alley. Yeah. We've already, I think it's like that for the next three rounds, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I know. It's, uh, it's going to be gnarly. Um, by the way, the uh, Yamaha LCQ race, you're in it right now. You've got enough points. You know? Yeah, I guess you know maybe St. Louis wasn't uh, was on purpose, Steve. Maybe yeah. I purposely yeah, tried some, to not make the main. You got know? some points. Uh, gonna get make my race. Uh, gonna have some money in it for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah, what, see what we're doing. really excited. Like I, I've talked to a bunch of privateers, and everyone is super excited. And it really is cool because I've followed from the first year you did that when it wasn't like obviously a, a race when it was just the point yeah. structure. I yep. remember being so excited, being like, I can't believe that these guys are making that kind of money. Yeah. Um, just through your janky radio show, and it's it's pretty funny yep. now. I mean, it's gotten so it's gotten so much bigger than uh, I ever thought it would have. But it's really crazy that you have this race. Like, I cannot believe I, it's happening. I can't believe they gave me a race. I can't believe it's happening. We gotta we gotta push this money out and get this get this get this purse up higher for sure. Um, yeah. Good, good to uh, good to see that happening, and I, I'm looking forward to it. So, what'd you do last year? Uh, was it the opening round where you where you ate crap? Opening round, yeah, yeah Orlando. Um, what'd you do? So 
it, to, to lead up to it though, I had, I was with Ferry, you know, I'm having this amazing off season, so to speak, yep, right? Yep. Um, just put in a thousand laps a week. It felt like just crazy amounts of riding. I felt really good, honestly. And, uh, and we did, we were in the, doing the 250 route. So, um, I had made, you know, the year, what was it? 2020 when I raced, it was like COVID cross or whatever. I did four super crosses and mm -hmm. then. I was in that deal at Daytona where the guy decided to get happy on the whoops and we all crashed our brains out in the first heat. Yep. So I ended up hurting my wrist pretty bad in that. And then COVID shut everything down. So that was like a wrap on that year. And then coming into 20 last year, um, I was still kind of new to Supercross, So I decided to do the 250 route instead of trying to go to the 450. So I was like super prepared. I felt, and I, I went out there and in the first practice session, I felt decent. And then in the first qualifier, I was just, trying to bomb the whoops when they were absolutely destroyed and i'd never really rode uh i hadn't really done like an outside stadium that was that sketchy like orlando's whoops i don't know if you remember but it claimed a lot of guys yeah. and i just ate it so hard and ended up doing a grade three ac joint separation on my shoulder and then tore my rotator cuff as well so i was off the bike for like four months so it yeah. was probably my, one of my nastiest injuries honestly and um it was tough to come back from to be honest with you it was like one of those deals where you know, the little experience I had in Supercross was kind of gone already because I felt like it was such a big gap from the last time I had raced a Supercross. And yeah. then confidence-wise, you know how it is. Like, it just – you get tanked confidence-wise. So I, I was starting from scratch again this year. But um, overall, it worked out. And I ended up doing – I only raced two outdoors. Like, I got yeah. healthy yep. and wanted to just try and say I raced something professional <laughs> that whole year, right? right. So it was like I didn't want it to be a full scratch. So I went and did two outdoors – you know, nothing to write home about, you know, finished in the mid twenties, but qualified and just, I don't know. It was like, I wasn't fit. I wasn't ready. The bike wasn't great. It was just one of those things where I just, I wanted to yeah, do you it had myself, to, you but, had to get yeah. some gate drops, right? Yeah. Something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I went to a local race in uh, Orlando and was just going to go to a little money class and I was terrified. Like it'd been so long since I'd raced something. Um, you know, all these kids I'm, I know are like, are you, are you good? I'm like, I'm, I'm honestly, I feel like I'm lined up at like a, a, a main event supercross or something. Like yeah. I'm so scared. So yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a crazy year, but I'm I'm glad I got through it. Do you uh what do you do for money when you get hurt like that? Like what do you how are you how are you getting around when you uh you know, you, you take that much time off racing and, and you're not riding? Yeah, so I, I got I got into the coaching like I would say when I was like sixteen or seventeen, um I had, I'm sure you know like Matt Gurkey and the Gurkey family, yeah, right? Yep. So Matt, uh his his brother Kyle and and their dad, they have always done like training and motocross schools and they actually used to coach me when I was a kid, but his brother, Kyle, was like hitting me up. Hey, you know, you need to come and start doing this on the side because when he was racing, that's what he would do, just kind of float him through. Yep. So I started coaching when I was like 16 or 17, like even like just in the A class and stuff. I'd go and do like local stuff. So mm -hmm. I've always kind of done that, but I took it extremely serious whenever I was hurt, obviously, because yeah. I had the most time on my hands. So I, it went from like, okay, I'll train a couple kids to I had like full time you know, private coaching, group classes, like I did the whole deal. And, yeah. uh, and I really loved it because I've always loved helping kids. And I think it's fun just because I, it's something I would honestly do for free. Like I just enjoy watching kids get better on and uh, I, motocross, as you know, it's like our thing. So it doesn't, it's not hard for me to talk motocross or be around dirt bikes when I'm hurt. So yeah. it was probably good for me. And yeah, I, I mainly do that. Um, for a while, I mean, in the past, but I've had years where I did construction. I was a server at a sports bar and waited tables. I've done 
all sorts of stuff to make ends meet. But uh, yeah. yeah, luckily now I think I'm in a spot where I can uh, I can just race. And then when I'm not racing, just do some uh, motocross schools and training sure. like that and kind of get by. So it's worked out a lot better. You didn't work with Red Dog this year. Uh, I think he was uh, planning on getting rid of his property, uh, but you didn't work with yeah. Red Dog. But you still still talk to him every now and then? Yeah, we keep in touch. Um, he's such a good guy. Like he, he helped me so much. And what's funny, and I know you'll understand this, but to, to the listeners, just if they don't really know him well, like I was so caught off guard because I'm, I'm super like, I have to ask a bunch of questions. Like I want to know exactly <laughs> what to do. Like I'm hard on myself. So I wanted him to be like hard on me and like tell me what I'm doing wrong. And he just wouldn't say anything. Like for the first month, like I didn't know if I was doing good, if I was doing bad. I, like, he, I didn't, I had no idea. And then I remember Evie, his wife, told me she's like hey you know you gotta like you're only gonna get out of tim what you ask him you know yep, if you approach yep. him and you you go and show that you're interested he'll give you everything you need so i came in like that week with like a whole new perspective and i just started like hounding him and I, i'm like a you know a fan of the sport too and i was always a big red dog fan so i always am just talking about his past and of course he never wants to talk about himself no but finally one day like he would just tell me something and it was like one of those deals where when he does speak, like, you know, to listen, you know, and, and he would tell me something that completely changed my riding, like something small, technical, like technique wise on the bike. Like I, I grew up riding turn tracks cause I didn't have, like, I never went to like training facilities or anything like that. So yeah. I would just ride, make turn tracks out in like, you know, like random lake yeah. pits and stuff. So yeah. I always would ride with just like my front brake. Like I wouldn't even use my rear brake most of the time. Cause I wasn't going fast enough to for a turn track. And he was like, Hey, you're not even using your rear brake in this turn, like at all. And I had no idea. Like I of course thought I was, yeah, and yep. he would like pick apart my riding, like something so small that no one's ever told me. And it ended up making a massive difference, like planting the bike, coming into the turn, getting more traction, like just little things. But it was, it was really, I respected him even more after that because I've had a lot of people watch me ride and I've had a lot of people critique me and, you know, and, and I've never had someone tell me that. And it was funny because it just there's been other instances like that too, but I, I learned I'm like okay, so if he does say something, make sure you're listening yeah. <laughs> because he, he's not he'll never say something just to make me feel good. Like it's he's always going to tell be straight up with right. me, and I respect that a lot. So um, yeah, he told me a story about he was coaching some kid that parents are pretty well off, mm-hmm. and it's a good job for him. You might know the story, and a good job for yeah. him, and everything's working out pretty well. And the dad, the dad. Uh, Said something he didn't like to him, you know, kind of ordered him around a little bit. And Timmy was like, all right. And said he never worked with him again. Didn't, didn't say much. Just said, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with you. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, and I, I totally can see that. Right. I, I don't know exactly what he's talking about, but I definitely know he's that type. And I've seen him kind of be like that. And I honestly, I'm sort of that way where obviously you got to do what you got to do for money at times. I get that. But I respect people that sort of like stand their ground and kind of have the, like he, I think he does it. Obviously he's got to make, you know, he wants to make money and I get that, but I think he's at the point where he's, he doesn't have to do, he doesn't have to help everyone. Right. And like for me, for example, and I, have probably never told him this, but when I was growing up, I always wanted to work with Tim. Like that was my, my goal forever. And I have a lot of people around me that would badger him at these local races. Like, Hey, you know, will you help Tristan give him a chance? And, you know, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. So like my, my parents were like, look, we can't do his rates or whatever, but like, we would just basically bother him. And he would just tell everyone that would ask him, no, like they'd be like, Hey, can you, would you be willing to help out Tristan? Like, can we arrange something? He'd be like, 
no, nah, I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds about <laughs> I'd right. I'd be like, yeah. oh my god, yeah. yeah. So that's just Tim to a T. But it was cool to kind of get to work with them, and uh, I'd love to, you know, in the future again. Yeah. But I know he's busy with Evan and uh, yeah. and Beckett and all that. So, um, so for you, talked about last year and all that. Your 250 guy. What made you just say, hey, fuck it, I'm going to 450s? Like, what was there a reason? Was there a support reason? Class reason? What What was the thinking behind that? So, like, okay, honestly, I just wanted the – I thought the money part. Like, I've always heard you rant about, you know, if you're a privateer guy, you got to go to the 450 class. And if you're and, – and for me, like, I have I have support, of course. But, I mean, we're talking shoestring budgets compared to – you know what I mean? It's it's very, very small and what my support system is. So any extra money I can make helps a huge, a huge amount. And obviously, I rode a 450 – I rode a 450 since I was 13 years old. Like, I was – I was racing 450s when I was on a super mini still. So I've always rode one. And, and to me, it just made sense. I'm a bigger guy too. I'm, you know, six mm-hmm. one, 180 pounds. So yep. it just makes sense. And we, you know, we have a bone stock bike. So I just felt like if I'm going to be on a bone stock bike, I'd rather be a bone stock 450 rather than a bone stock 250. And yeah, and that was kind of it. And then the guy that helps me, Donald, mm-hmm. uh, with Silverback Racing, he kind of, it was like an ultimatum type thing. Like we, we had talked and he's like, look, if we're going to do this and we're going to do outdoors, we're going to do supercross, you know, this team needs to be a 450 only type deal. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we just made that ex- the, the executive decision or whatever. And, uh, and yeah, the rest is history. Now I'm, I'm really happy that we're on a 450 because I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. And, and, you know, even if you don't make the main events, you're making some money. Um, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's just a better, better way to do it because, you know, at this point, Mitch Payton's not going to put you on a factory bike in the 250 class. Yeah. So, yes. yeah, like go on and get on your career and start making money. That's the way I look at it anyways. You know? I agree. Yeah. And, and and for me, like I feel – I think a lot of people when you ask them like, oh, like why, like why wouldn't you go to a 450? I think people are truly scared. Like if you don't have a lot of experience, yeah. um, I was really intimidated riding a 450 on a Supercross track because obviously like I got buck wild and crashed on a 250 – and with all that extra experience, you know, power and stuff on a 450, I mean, the extra weight, you notice it, you know, when you're riding in the whoops or hitting obstacles or mm-hmm. whatever. And, yeah. and and the difference, too, is like, you know, a, the, the B practice, for example, at a Supercross is absolutely destroyed, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you get out there and you're just getting manhandled by this bike and this track. And then when you're in the 250 class, you know, I remember going out and being like, Oh yeah, the you know the track's getting a little rutted, and in reality, now I look back, it was like a highway. Like there was not yeah. one bump on it; it yep. was perfect. The whoops were fresh. So, yeah, I think that's a big part of it. But um, you get to a point where you have to make a choice. Where like I think some people maybe don't have to to race, you know, for the money or whatever. But for me, I obviously, if I want to continue doing this, I gotta like make enough to make it make sense. So mm-hmm. I think 450 is really the only way you can do it. So where do you ride during the week now? What do you, where are you at? So I'm at WW in Jacksonville, okay. yep. um, and it's it's awesome. Junior Scarborough over there, and and their whole family, they're great, and and we have a pretty cool setup. Where so the guy Donald that helps me, he lives 20 minutes down the road. So okay. basically, during the week, I'm not riding much. I try and just ride, you know, once or twice a week if I can, and I'll go and stay with him for a couple days and do my riding, and then come back here and you know get everything done in my house and get ready for the race or whatever. But um, it's a pretty cool schedule. I mean, the track is. Uh, it's been done by Brad with 402 MX, who does most all the you know the Supercross tracks in Florida, and mm-hmm. and it's legit. So it, it's pretty sweet, we you know to get out there and get that kind of training in. Nice, nice, yeah, it's good. So are you uh, flying to the races then? We are, yeah. Yep. So we're a part of the TPJ program this oh, year. Oh, you're on which TPJ, okay. I'm sure, yep. Yeah, I'm sure you know Ted and all yep. that. So Ted Parks, he's he's an awesome guy, and uh, we, 
we I've been wanting to do that for a long time. And obviously we were road warriors for forever. Yeah. So we've never really flown into races. So this year, um, Tim Hughes with American Recycling Center, he came on board uh, and actually paid the fee to get, you know, our bikes hauled to all the races and do uh, Ted's program. So it, it really made a massive difference for us because, you know, we were used to, sh- to driving all day, <laughs> getting to the track late, you know, having to put our bike out, having yeah. no set up at all, you know, being out and, and, and the back 40 of a, of a national or whatever, and, and not, you know, just not having a good pit presence at all. So now, you know, they bring your bike out for you. They feed you. We have water. Um, you're actually able to like sign autograph and like do that sort of thing, which yeah. is cool. So yeah, no, so I really enjoy it. look, it costs money for sure. It's, you know, I've had some privateers tell me that, you know, it's way more, not way more, but it's more money due to Ted's program than it would be on their own. And I understand mm-hmm. that, um, but you want to also give yourself the best part for success and driving all night and eating McDonald's and trying to, you know, be at the races and stuff isn't making yourself be successful, isn't setting you up to be successful, in my opinion. So, yeah. you know, put, invest in yourself to make more money down the road, right? I agree. Yeah. And and I've already like, I've already thought about that. You know, that's a good point. Like it, if you're going to do it, you know, if you can do it right, it really makes a big difference. And I think, I think that's the problem is a lot of guys are like, oh, well, I can just drive and, you know, save a few bucks here, or a few bucks there. But to be honest with you, with gas prices right now and, and, and just some yeah. of the some of the, the crazy weather rounds where you're driving in the snow and yeah. all this crap, I'm like, yeah. I honestly don't think it's really I don't I, I don't know the exact figures, but I guarantee you it's not if, if it is more expensive, it's not a whole lot more expensive to do the Ted route. And I think it ends up paying off in the back end, just being, you yeah. know, like you said, having a little more rest or being a little more prepared. And and he's done it for so long. Like, I, I love knowing that when I get to the track work my bike will be there you what, know, what's the craziest thing awesome. ted has said to you oh okay so when i first <laughs> got when i first met ted like i've i've met him before but when i first got there this year you know he is always so amped right and and like he would come up to me and he'd be like all right you ready to you ready to get in the main event and i'm like ted like i've never even raced a 450 supercross like i'm honestly just hoping i make the night show you know what i mean and, and he's like uh uh-uh, uh uh you're going to the main event he's like listen when everyone lets off wide open down the straightaway like every race he'll come up to us when, and every, he's talking all when everyone lets off wide open <laughs> yeah, okay ted all like, right when those guys let off you hold on an extra second you'll get the whole shot and he goes and if not just take them all down <laughs> and i'm like okay ted Make what? me the most hated rider in the sport. Yeah, you're That's like, hey, Ted, be. here's my bike. Go at it. Have, have Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. No, he's such a good guy. And then, like, my fiance, when she comes to the race, like, he, he just gives her a big old Texas hug, and it, it yeah. just cracks me up every time. He's he's honestly good people. Yeah, so. he's something else. He is one of the characters of the sport. 100%. For sure. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I want to thank the folks at Max's Tires. Speaking of privateers, helping out Cade and A Ray. Max's Tires, developed by Jeremy McGrath, who was just in studio here. And uh, MXSTs, he helped develop those things, and those guys are racing those out in Supercross. Doing well with that. Also, thanks to the Max's guys for their mountain bike tires. The Minion tires are amazing. So, Max's.com for more information. Light truck tires, trailer tires, dirt bike tires. And Max's has got it all for you. Thank you for their support for the Privateer Pod. And also thanks to the folks at Namira Pistons. Since 2001, Namira has been supplying factory-level pistons and gaskets for every make and model. From two wheels to four, from weekend warriors to top racers, Namira's advanced piston tech has increased engine performance and reliability without increasing your budget. Two-stroke, four-stroke, Namira's got all those pistons for you. Uh, check out Namira.com to see the latest news and application updates uh, and also to watercraft stuff as well. So thanks to Namira Pistons and Maxxis Tires, uh, Firepower and Roost MX, and of course FXR and Race Tech as well. Tristan Lane on the uh, on the show. Um, so yeah, plan is to do outdoors then, Tristan? Yeah, that's the plan. We've, uh, we've been discussing it. Um, I actually had a couple of uh, 
of offers to do something in Canada, which mm. I was kind of like, which I thought you'd think is cool. But yeah. I, of course, would love to do that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I would like to do the States again and just do it that way. I would love to do TPJ, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, to, outdoors is always such a struggle if you don't have some type of setup where you can kind of fly in and have your bike there or whatever. Because yeah. I don't know, it just feels more brutal. Supercross is like glitz and glamour. It just seems so much easier. Our bike stays clean outdoors man we never had like access to you know getting our bike washed easily our setup but we were outside and just getting rained on we'd i'd always you know i don't know just it's <laughs> yeah it's gnarly gnarly as you know so i'm like oh man i really hope we can have some kind of effort but uh yeah that's the plan i, I hope i can you know finish really strong in these supercross races and uh turn some heads and maybe maybe get some kind of support to get some type of uh you know some kind of a ride offer or just get more support to help uh you know donald and i go racing and, and kind of get out there and, and do the whole outdoor series yeah that'd be awesome right um you know what's cool about going on right now uh and for guys like yourself like you look at kevin morantz crushing it with his patreon and his social presence and yep. carnell's got his whole thing going on that carnell's oh, yeah. got going on uh what guys yeah guys like yourself carnell morantz like you start getting in the main events and you know, A-Ray's got sketchy merch and, and vlogs and everything else. Like, there's a lot of avenues for guys like you to make some money than there used to be. That's awesome. Yeah, I think it's evolving, right? And I, I tell Logan this all the time. We're, we're good buddies. Like, he, you know, w- love him or hate him or love the stuff he's doing or not, like, he's opening up doors and a lot, you know, Moran's too. Like, all these guys. And and to be fair, um, you know, I, I notice like, that's something you have to do if you're a privateer. It's not, you know, I'm, for example... I'm very like, I like to be genuine. Like some, some of that stuff isn't me, you know, I don't ever want to try and be something I'm not, but you got to market yourself and you got to talk to people and you got to, you know, I think that's the beauty of being a privateer is you can kind of do what you want. You can rep what you want. I can honestly say every part on our bike, everything I wear is stuff like we like, like I buy, I buy most of it, you know, where Mm -hmm. it's like, it's not like someone's, you know, paying you to use it. So that's one of the cool things of being a privateer. And, um, I think that in the future, I have a feeling thanks to people like you with all the support with the privateer stuff. It's like, it, I think there is an avenue to make a living racing as a privateer. I think you just gotta, you gotta always be a kind of a minute man and be willing to race anytime, anywhere. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, not be afraid to struggle and grind. And, uh, I think as long as you're willing to do that and you can get some good results, um, you know, I think you definitely can. It's just, it's not, it's not for everyone. And, yeah. uh, at times, yeah. you know, I definitely question it. I'm like, Oh, this is hard, but, uh, <laughs> it's definitely the path I want to take. So. Um, you know what's cool about your success this year and seeing you in the main, and, and like I said, I've known you for a couple of years, and Red Dog speaks highly of you and other guys do, is you know, in the darkest time of 2021 with the broken shoulder and, and all of that going on and no Supercross and a couple of shitty outdoors, and then you turn it around and you have your best year ever. Like, uh, you know, part of this sport is just, you know, staying positive, working hard, putting your head down. You'll be rewarded. Sometimes you're not. Sometimes it's tough to do, but yeah. that's really cool that, you know, off your worst year, you're having your best year. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it's true. And it's like they always say, like, it's typically that's how it works, right? Like, right when you're on the brink of quitting, you're like, ah, oh, maybe this isn't for me. That's when you'll kind of break through and have that good year. Yeah. But a lot of it is just a mentality. Like, I think I have a lot more in the tank, and I truly feel like I could do a hell of a lot better than I've done. Um, there's just a lot of, it's honestly, a lot of it is upstairs, like mentally, like if you're, if you're nervous, like I'm still scared every race, like I'm still nervous. I'm still like, oh man, I hope I can hit this jump or I, I hope I can, you know, do this or that. And, and it's like, that just comes with confidence. I'm, mm-hmm. I've only, I think total, I've only done like, you know, 12 races or something now, uh, all in. So I'm still very green. I feel like in Supercross, and 
and just my my skill sets alone, like I have so much I can improve on, mm-hmm. and that gives me a lot of hope because I feel like going forward, if I can just keep improving and have you know and stay healthy, um, I do think I can do a heck of a lot better. So that that is good, and I, I'm definitely like having a banner year. I mean, this season has been like life changing for me, honestly, because I went from like like I was telling you earlier, it just feels like it can it's it's possible, but until mm-hmm. that stuff starts happening, yeah, and until you're battling, I mean, some of the guys I find myself battling with. They're guys that I've looked, I've watched my whole life, and I've yeah. looked up to. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, like I'm literally duking out with this guy right now, and I've watched him. I know more about him. He has no idea. Like I know every one of his stats. I've watched every <laughs> race he's ever done. Like, and it's kind of that part is cool, yeah. and uh, and just being, you know, some of the factory guys too. Uh, some they start giving a little bit of respect, and you know they'll they'll say hi or good job or whatever, and just little stuff like that kind of yeah. pumps me up. So, like anybody in particular come to mind? Anybody that you could think of? That yeah. Like- so like Dino. Um, on one of my flights, Dino came up to me and he's like, Hey dude, good job last weekend. I'm like, wait, you know who I am? Like I'm thinking, yeah, that's like, awesome. Yeah. yeah. I was blown away. And then uh, the, the, the flip side of that though, is then he's like screaming at me after one of the mains, I <laughs> uh, saying I was getting in his way and I was like, Oh, it's you no, know, no, no love lost. Right. Like it's always, you're, yeah. damn, you do damn you're like, Hey Dino, but, I thought we were bros. Uh, what happened to being bros? Yeah, like, dude, I thought we were friends. What happened? <laughs> no, uh, it, 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 you just take it with a grain of yeah. salt, but, uh, yeah. And then like Anderson follow, follow me on Instagram, like a few, few dudes, like they'll start, you know, yeah. hitting like Bogle's cool. Like some of those guys, right. like, oh, that's right. cool. Yeah. So, that's awesome. No, it's really good. Right. It's, it's all part of the, the, the part where you feel comfortable, you're fitting in, you're, you're belonging, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, for sure. What's it like getting laughed? Because it, I've talked to a few guys about, I mean, dude, it, it ruins your whole race. Uh, you don't want to get in the way. As you said, Dino got mad at you. You don't want to be that guy. Uh, Cade's, you know, Cade was that guy. A Ray's been that guy. A lot of guys have, but dude, I, I feel for you guys because, the track ain't that wide. You, you, you're sometimes getting the blue flag way too soon, and you're yeah. like, wait, I don't need to worry about these guys yet. Sometimes you're getting it too late. It ain't easy getting lapped. Yeah, it's not. And, and you know, to answer that, I think the, the honest truth, Steve, is that everyone's different, right? Like, I'm too respectful probably. Like, I, I'm – like, when with the Dino thing, like, it really wasn't my fault. But, yeah. like, on most of this stuff, like, I'm I'm getting out of the way way too much. My, my team's yelling at me. You know, I'm getting yelled at like, hey – Stay, like f- screw those guys like you got a race going on too yep. you know and this is the difference between you getting a, a 15th or a, a 17th and, and it's like that's a big difference for me so I I don't know but my theory has always been I know that the day I'm doing the lapping you know in the future hopefully I hope that these guys respect me enough to get out of the, my way you know when I'm the one in the race mm-hmm. and and I, I kind of I've always had that mentality even in outdoors where if I'm not the guy, you know, dominating up front or, or, or in that fight, you know, I just feel like you got to be respectful because I'm not trying to, to ruin anyone's race. The, I mean, I would feel horrible. The last thing I ever want to do is mess up one of those top guys because I know what they I know what they're you know battling for a heck of a lot more money than I am and a lot of points and all that good stuff. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I'm trying to earn my way and earn yeah. my respect. Yeah. And, and I got to I got to you know, I can't roll over every time. My my thought process, though, is if I'm in like a rhythm section where I know that I can hit the main rhythm and they're not going to just blow right up to me. I, I just stay in my lane and then I will get out of the way and kind of part at the end. But right. if I'm going into like, say there's like a whoop section and there's like obviously a main line and you're going down the main line and you're rolling or jumping or whatever. And, and Tomac's blitzing by four yep. gear wide open. Like, <laughs> you got to get the heck out of the way. And I, I think, I don't know. It's, 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 you're damned if you do damn, if you don't yep. to be honest with you, because yep. I have people that will, freak out on you in, in the, you know, your DMs or whatever. Oh, you, you got in the way or whatever. Or they'll say, you know, Oh, 
Like, why aren't you, you know, why aren't you staying in the way? Screw those guys. Like, but at the same time, I think a lot of it comes with confidence. Once you feel like you belong and once you're fighting in that top 10 range, I think everything goes. It's kind of like, look, like if, if I got to fight for, cause I mean, you look at some of these races, guys in seventh are getting lapped. So it's not like we're the only ones getting lapped. I mean, Dean Wilson got lapped in yeah. uh, Indy or whatever, or St. Seattle. Yeah. So it's like, yep. you're talking about legit guys on factory bikes getting lapped by Tomac. So it's, it's like, I, I think everyone's dealing with it to some degree. It's just tough because these tracks are getting broken down so fast. And I think if you're out front and you get a good start and you're obviously a guy of Tomac's caliber or whoever, you know, you're going to be putting some serious distance on guys. And then it just becomes more a race of just hoping you don't, you're trying not to mess up their race, but you're also trying not to get, you know, they'll, they'll take you out sometimes. Like they'll just, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. <laughs> right, right. Have you been in a practice yet? I have. Yeah. So I, after Daytona, um, I qualified 18th in Daytona. So they put me in a practice all the way up until this past weekend. So I've, uh, I've gotten, that's been chaotic. Yeah. To be honest with you, I, I don't like a practice. Okay. I was going to, that was my question. I was going to ask you if you'd rather be in B. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard. I obviously would rather be in A because I need it. You know, I know it's what's good for me. It's just tough because like I said, I'm, I'm too respectful. So I will literally almost like forfeit my own practice just for these guys. Like, and I need to stop doing that, (laughs) but I'm just like, I hate it because I'm, I'm like a slow, I, I take time, you know, I'm like a, like a right. fine wine. I get better with time. So I'm just trying to learn the track. And then once I learn the track, I'm like, okay, I'll hit this obstacle this session. And then this one, the next, but those guys in their free practice are uncorking the main, main event lines, you know, within five minutes, it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. So I just try and stay out of the way, but you know, at some point you're going to get into people's way. And I mean, they, if, if these people had any idea, like some of the, the keyboard warriors, what goes on on a weekly basis, like. I see people get into fights. I see people. I mean, you saw the video with Logan and uh, Bogle or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. there's just that's every week. Like, there's always someone yelling at someone, and even the top guys are yelling at each other. Like, you saw Sexton and Anderson. Like, they're. I mean, it. I get it. Like, it's they're on their fast lap. Like, get out of the way. But listen, it, it's you're gonna get another lap. It happens. It's happened to you. You've been the guy in the yeah, way before. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I think an outside perspective, me looking at it, I'm like, I think a little bit they're being a little bit crybabies about it. But uh, at the 100%. same time, no. may, yeah. maybe if I'm that guy where I'm, you know, fighting for pole position one day, maybe I'm doing the same thing. I don't know. So. I don't know. I, I've ranted about this before. Like, look, man, you wait to the very end to to put a lap in, and then another guy who's also waiting to the very end is putting a lap in and you get held up. And like you said, it happens to you. You hold up people. And then, hey, man, you got sixth fastest instead of fifth fastest because of this jerk-off that you, you're you so mad about. Yeah. So that is what? The third gate pick to the second gate pick in your heat? Wow. Yeah. Big deal. You know what I mean? Like, big deal. Like, these guys freak out like it's the end of the goddamn world. And I'm like, well, first of all, why are you waiting to the end? And first, second of all, who cares? It's a couple yeah. of gate picks. A hundred percent. And I, I think a lot of it is some of these guys, and I know you know this, like I think some people rely on practice for their confidence, yeah. you know, and yeah. they're, they're like, okay, I have to be pole. I have to be top three. I have to be top five or, or they have it in their mind. Like if I'm not, you know, the first top three in my heat, um, my gate pick's going to suffer. I won't get a good start or whatever. Yeah. And I think that those are the ones that probably sweat it the most. And then you look at a guy like Webb or read back in the day or whoever that just is like, okay, this is practice, right? Like we're, we're just warming up like for the race that like pays the money and the points. Right. <laughs> so they don't care. Like, I mean, yeah, they want the good gate pick, but they know that they can still arrive at, uh, you know, on, in the main event and yeah. still win or whatever. So I don't know. It's interesting. I, one of the things I've really enjoyed about this season is kind of getting to see all that firsthand and see everyone's, you know, the psyche of everyone. Like, like I said, I mean, there's guys that are, 
so nice to you and then they will just like absolutely freak out and want to kill you but it's like you just can't take it personally because yeah. everyone's out there fighting for a ride yeah. i mean it's a cutthroat sport it really is so. yeah no you're right i get it I, same thing with the fake starts like we saw plessinger and, and et go down earlier this year we've seen so many oh. crashes on fake starts and i was oldenburg uh john short moved over on old john short somebody moved in over i think it was john short moved over on oldenburg yeah. after the start this week and he went down pretty hard. He got lucky. He was fine. But he was pissed. And I'm like, well, why are you doing that? Why are you doing fake starts? Like, starts are dangerous enough. And why are you doing that? Like, I get being doing a full race start. I get it. Let everybody go. You know what I mean? And he goes, yep. I know, I know. But, dude, it feels so good when you get a good one. And I'm like, yes, but you don't know who's trying and who's not. So how do you, you know. Steve, and, you are oh. so right. This is, okay. So just so you know where, where, which side I align on. I haven't done one of those starts in the, in the third qualifier altogether yet. I'm yeah. too scared. Like, I look at it statistically. Like, why would I want to do a start against the whole field, especially when I'm in these B practices where people will literally – they don't even care. They'll just, like, run right into you. Yeah. Um, but it happens in the A, too. And then risk something happening because, like, we don't have parts for our bike, for example. Like, we're if we break something, I might be screwed. Like, I honestly don't – and if I hurt myself, you know, that's – I need that money from you. Know, like yeah, I, yeah. I just don't understand where their logic is. But then I, you know, I'm friends with Michael Lessie. Uh, he lives in Florida and we ride together and all that good stuff. And he would call me and be like, Hey, I want you to try and get the whole shot. When you get in the A practice, try and get the whole shot and oh, go for wow. the start. Yeah, no, and no. try and get some publicity. And I'm like, that's a great idea. Maybe for you, like, and I'm not saying he's wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, but the, I just look at it. Like, that's not me. I don't want to risk it. And honestly, I just I always wait, and I like to just. Pr I, I mean, it's just too stressful. And uh, yeah, I see so many of those guys crash, and I'm like, if yeah. I'm, you know, Roger DeCosta or one of these factory, you know, the managers, and I see my guy, you know, cartwheeling into the first turn and, and P2 qualifying or whatever. No, could you imagine like what you're thinking? You know, you're uh, your I guy, you invested millions of dollars. Yeah, I just don't get it. And when you talk to some of these elite guys, they tell you the triple crown suck because they're more dangerous because of more starts. And I get it. I understand that. So why are you doing fake starts? Uh, if you want to do a full start, let everybody go and do your full start. No problem. You know what I mean? But yeah. to race into the first turn unnecessarily with 21 other guys or 19 other guys or many take part in the fake starts, I'm just, I shake yeah. my head. I just shake my head at did, it. Did this start recently? Is this like the last couple of years? Steve, yeah. Or has this always been yeah. Maybe, maybe three or four years. Yeah. Something like that. I uh, mean, I guess I, I do get how it would be a good, it's nice to get that extra practice in, I guess, but like. Maybe do like the first ten feet and then back off or something. I don't know. Yeah. Going all the way it's, in, that's just that's sketchy. No, it is absolutely. FXR racing, race tech, suspension, privateer, island life podcast with Tristan Lane. Before I let you go, Tristan, I got so I'm getting a lot of heat from Brees and Chiz that they want to be in the Yamaha LCQ, right? They're not gonna qualify because they've they haven't been in LCQs all year. Um yep. they want in the race. I have some wild card spots. I kind of feel like they're too good, right? Um, yep. they're like, no, but we privateers and they are like, okay. So Chiz and Brees are more privateers than a Ray and Cade, right? And a Ray is probably yeah. going to be in the race. So I really get their point there where they are full privateers and a guy like a Ray is not making any salary, but he's getting expenses paid and all that. And I don't yeah. know where, I don't know where I, where I think, what I think about this lane. I don't know. Like, should they be yeah. in it or not? You this know? is a tough, this is a tough predicament you're in. Steve. Right. I think, okay, here's something that comes to mind. So, Chiz, I think of like the, you know, the, the all American privateer. Right. But then I see him almost, you know, get a podium basically on a star racing Yamaha 250. 
I'm like, hmm, it starts to make you change your opinion of maybe him being privateer Chiz at this right moment, even though he obviously is a privateer. Yeah. But then a guy like Brees, of course, you know, privateer. I get it. Um, I don't know. So selfishly, you're like, yeah, no, those guys can't be in that race, right? Because I want to do better. But but at the same time, no, I think that if, yeah. if you, I mean, I think a, the, I totally get why they want to be in it. I think that any privateer, you know, air, air quotations, whatever yeah. that that can that can get in that race is going to want to do it because there's a lot of money to be made, and also it's just another you know excuse to get some more track time or whatever. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a gray area, isn't it? Yeah, I think there's totally. a lot of people that will that no matter what you do, someone will have a problem with it, though. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, either way, I'm screwed. Yeah, people are going to bitch either way. But, but yeah, Chiz is putting full heat on me. Brees was asking me in Seattle. So, yeah, I got a lot of, a lot of thinking to do. Um, I mean, I'm sure everyone's going to start, you know, like slipping you some 20s. Yeah, like, hey, Steve, yeah. you know, what kind of coffee do you like? Uh, you know, what's your favorite snack? Like, I, what, what do we got to do here? I had a factory rider tell me, so how much do you take off the top? And I'm like, what? And they're like, how much do you take? <laughs> I go, I don't take a dime. And they're like, what? I go, no, I don't take a dime. Like, it's all for the privateers. And he's like, you're an idiot. Like, I can't believe you don't take something for your time and your effort. And I'm like, huh. I'm like, I never even thought of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, right. Like, huh. Me getting paid from all this. Yeah. No, I, I, no, honestly, yeah. It, it's super cool. And like the money, the, like, I know you guys always like say at the end, like how much was raised. It's yeah. really neat to see Like, I, I mean, it's, it's honestly mind boggling like, how much money you've raised, but some of these guys, like I remember uh, one of your podcasts with Cade, I think he like used his money and went and trained at, at Club yeah, MX. Yeah, he used the money to, to know, buy a spot at a club. Yeah, honestly, right? That's great. That's, that's yeah, exactly what Yeah, look at his riding. Do. I mean, he's right. done so much better. So, yep. yeah, it's cool. I, yep. I think that's like the whole goal, right? Is like if you're going to – if someone is going to win the money, I, I would hope that they're reinvesting it into their program to try and further their careers because obviously, you know, I think that's that's exactly what I would do is I would just put it right back in to try and get better. So yeah. I think it's cool. Um, I, I think this race is going to shake things up even more. I have a feeling it'll be complete carnage, and I can't wait to be a part of it. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Tristan, thanks for doing this uh, Privateer Podcast. Wanted to catch up with you after you made the main events. Really happy for you that you made the mains, uh, doing a good job. You're, you're a good dude, and I'm, like I said, I'm glad this stuff's working for you. So keep it up. Uh, we'll see you this weekend in Atlanta, and thanks for the time, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Hey, can I, can I thank some people real of quick? Of course, yeah. I would definitely want to start with uh, Donald Davis and Silverback Racing. Uh, Jason Beck with Bextech, Tim Hughes with American Recycling Center, uh, obviously Ted Parks with TPJ, Kelly Shires, all the guys at Dunlop, Motion Pro, Recluse, FXR, Scott, Blood Lubricants, Mika Metals, KDM Optics, Moto Concepts, uh, Anthony Vicencio, and anyone else I'm forgetting, thanks so much. Moto Concepts? What, like stands and mats and stuff? Oh, yeah. Listen, oh, nice. they, they hook it up with graphics and stands, and, uh, you know, it, it's it's cool. I definitely think it probably helps that we're friends with, uh, with Mike. I'm yes. sure that's part of it, but... Right. But I love it, and, oh, and they've good. been great, yeah. Cool. Uh, thanks, man. Congrats on the success. Keep it up, and we'll see you at the races. Thank you, Tristan. Appreciate it. Thanks, Steve.